The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, if you hear the music, you know the show. Listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I hope you can all hear me because I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. I'm in Phoenix, but I can talk to the world and maybe the world can hear me. I tell you what, it's over. It's over. It's time to celebrate. I'm happy. I hope everybody else is happy because I have never in my life have I ever been deprived of something that I never had. The football season was never here. But yet still I felt as if I was deprived because I didn't have it, but it wasn't here. I didn't miss anything, but I thought I missed something. I was having these withdrawal symptoms, and I think everybody else in the world, but it's over. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We got football. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. We got football. You listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. I've lost my mind, but it's a good thing because we can talk football. And not only can we talk football, we can talk football with people who are part of the game, who are part of the process, who know the game, who know the process, and that are anticipating about getting back to work. First, we're going to have uh, up, I'm going to have my, my good friend, uh, Mike Abadir. Mike has been on the show with me a couple times before. Uh, he represents uh, a lot of players, uh, one of those uh, people that's willing to open up and share information to make sure that we here at Voice America Sports keep you informed with information that is credible information. And, and then we're also going to share the platform. Again, we want people who play the game. We want people who know the game. We want people that have been waiting to give fans what they want, and that is football. So we're going to have Trent Guy, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, number 84. Trent is in his second year out of Louisville. He's going to join us as well. But I think right now I'm going to welcome uh, Mike first, and then we're going to get Trent on the line as well. Mike, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Ray? Man, you can tell I'm fired up, man. It, uh, we got football. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been on this earth 52 years, and I've always had football with the exception. I got to acknowledge I was a part of two works. Well, no, they were strikes. And I know what life is like having football, and I know what life is like not having football, and I prefer to have it. And I'm sure you would too, Mike. Uh, th- those young men that you're representing out there, I'm sure you guys have been a little nervous. So tell me what was this offseason like for somebody who represents players and having to wait on the sideline until the deal was done? Well, I kind of came to the realization, first of all, that the NFL really is America's game now. You know, I mean, it used to be baseball, of course, for, you know, the maybe greater part of the 
20th century, but, I mean, there hasn't been a single game missed, but yet everybody's craving football and worried about possibly missing some time, some games, things of that nature. So, you know, just as a fan, you kind of see how big football really is in this country. And when we got one snippet of it, which was the NFL draft, I mean, people were just excited and celebrating. And, you know, for, for, for one day or actually, you know, three-day period, people felt like football was back. But for us on the agent side of things, obviously it's changed the course of how we conduct business. You know, this is kind of uncharted waters, uncharted territory for me and, uh, and, and for all the agents that are out there, you know, um, one thing that was pretty unusual was that today was the first day we were allowed to negotiate for undrafted free agent rookies. So today is, is, uh, is kind of like um, draft day all over again. You know what I mean, Ray? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, and we're going to have later in the show right now a good friend of ours. He's very busy at what you just mentioned. That is Kelvin Fisher, uh, of course, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's a friend of the show. Uh, and a friend of all those folks out there who listen. And, and he is hard at work uh, identifying uh, those free agents out there that the Steelers want to bring into camp. And so I, I know what you mean about this draft day thing all over again. But, but one thing I can, I can say or I'm going to ask is there was a stipulation in, in the agreement that uh, it, it kind of... Uh, I, I say if anybody that it, it hit home with or hit pretty hard was the undrafted free agents because there has been a cap on the amount of money that can be received by that entire class of, you know, undrafted free agents this year. And I think that number somewhere is $75,000 total. Is that, is that correct, Mike? Well, uh, not, not, not necessarily. I'm okay. looking at the, at the schedule of pay right now, and, and keep in mind, I'm just trying to get my arms around all of this and get familiarized with this as as the deal was just approved yesterday. So I I can't you know I can't say that I've I've memorized all of it and understand all of it. I'm still trying to get a feel for it, as I'm sure you know the teams are as well, and and the other agents and so on and so forth. But it is my understanding that if we want to call it the league minimum. It has gone up by $55,000 for every single minimum category, uh, which means that in 2011, the minimum salary would be 375000 And that's the minimum for, I don't care if you're uh, any type of player, including kickers and punters, the minimum salary is $375,000 this year. And let me just clarify that's the minimum salary for a rookie. Now, if you have one year under your belt, you're a veteran. Accredited seasons, what they call it, then the minimum salary would jump to four hundred and fifty thousand. If you've got two years of credited seasons under your belt, your minimum salary is five hundred and twenty-five thousand. Three years, six hundred thousand, so on and so forth. So it all depends on how many credited seasons you have under your belt. That's how you determine what your league minimum salary is. Well, Mike, you know, let, me, let, me say, let me say this to you, Mike. You, you were talking to, uh, I'm going to still call myself a young man, who had to have a salary adjustment 
when we went on strike so that I, I would be making the minimum wage. So to all my other friends out there that are currently playing ball, that are having salary adjustments just so you can make the new minimum wage, welcome to that fraternity. It's not a bad fraternity because I tell you what, for me, that new minimum wage was $40,000 in my second year. And for what you just said to me, a player who has been in, on the roster for two years, which would be make this his second year, the minimum is five hundred and twenty-five thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, I think that's damn good. Two accredited seasons. Two accredited. Exactly. So, okay, so uh, so I, I let me go back then. That might make that person fall in the category of a veteran with one season under his belt, which would only make it four hundred fifty thousand dollars. So okay. He missed a few, <laughs> you know, thousand dollars. Yeah, but listen, here's what I want to do. I know we have uh, one of the players that you represent on there on the line with us, and that's uh, that's uh, Trent Guy out of Louisville in his second year with the Panthers. Trent, you on the line? How you doing there, man? Yes, sir. How you doing, Ray? I'm I'm doing wonderful, man. I I, I first of all I want to congratulate you on on the fact that you are a member of the National Football League and a part of this fraternity. I am so proud of the way uh, the young men today are are conducting themselves, the way they are handling the business of sports. I am not ashamed. I am happy for you. As I just mentioned, you like me. This will be your second year, so I, I, you know, I'm not counting your money, but but I, I know that it's somewhere in the neighborhood of the 375 or 450, and I was in a position of which you were in, uh, you know, in 1982, and my second year, and, and that minimum wage for me at that time was forty thousand dollars. So I, I want to congratulate you guys on on taking care of the business of football, but then I want to talk to you about, man, are you ready to get back? To, are you ready to get back to work right now? Yes, sir, definitely. I'm uh, actually going over day one and day two installs as we speak, man. I've been sitting here in the playbook. We got to go in today and, you know, talk to the coaches, and I had already met the staff, but just just to be back around those guys, it's just a great feeling. And, Trent, you just mentioned something. I am so glad to hear that because I talked about the business of football and, and one thing, and that is the money side, but also the most important aspect when it comes to playing the game, the business of football to that aspect is that playbook because I don't care how good you are. If you don't know your plays, they can't put you on the field. So as you talk about that playbook and, and getting the materials today, uh, give the average person out there who may not have an inkling of how much that information is in that playbook or how much information did you receive today? It's definitely a lot of information, man. It's so much that you can't even take it all in at once. It's, that's that's why they have installs and you go from day to day with, with you know, with learning everything. Um, it's very important to know. You know, your assignment, your alignment and assignments, like you said, uh, you got to know that definitely to be able to even go out there. It doesn't matter how talented you are, but you got to know how to line up and, you know, um, know the route tree and all that stuff. So definitely studying this playbook is a big part of football, you know, so it's good that I got it early and can, can get it done before we start training camp. Hey, Mike, that, that uh, you know, that young man on the other end of the phone sounds like a, a young man that's got his priorities in place. Let me ask you, as an agent and you go out, is there a certain type of profile of an athlete that you're looking for? Are you looking for that, that yeah, young man that's been serious about not only playing ball but also in the classroom? Uh, give me some idea of what type of athletes do you, you look for in terms of who you're willing to represent? Well, I think the first thing that you, you, know, you, you, you can hear it in his voice is uh, humility. So w one of the, the key characteristics that we look for 
with Sapro Sports Management agents, myself included, my business partner, Josh Stevens, uh, is humility. You know, we want guys that play the game the right way, you know, kind of have that old school mentality a little bit, mm-hmm. no prima donnas, guys that want to go out there and entertain the fans and also give back to the community. Uh, you know, guys that pretty much are, are going to be in the news for the right reasons. Right. You know, and you could kind of, you know, see some c- characteristics pretty quickly after you meet somebody to have an idea as to, um, you know, what, what type of person he is and, and that type of thing and, and the family that they come from and so on and so forth. So, you know, Trent is the prototypical type of guy that we look for, you know, because, you know, although we're recruiting ball players when we first uh, are meeting these guys straight out of college, you know, we're also trying to figure out, do we want to work with them as well? It kind of goes both ways. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, and I can certainly understand that, too, because, again, uh, you know, a lot of times we're judged on the company that we keep. And if he's a client of yours and he's out, uh, let's say, on the streets, as we say, and conduct him in, in such a way that does not, you know, suit well for, for your company, uh, that, that's, a, that, that's a tarnish on your brand. And, you know, the NFL... Uh, trend, and I'm sure you're aware of this. The NFL is very much aware and concerned about the players and, and how the players protect their brand. Uh, have you guys had that meeting? Do they plan on having that meeting where they, they always seem to go over that and remind you guys how, how important the brand and the shield is that you represent, and that's the National Football League. Uh, when are the first team meetings that you guys uh, are going to have as, as a group, and, and they kind of give you that overview? I'm sure when we head in on Friday that we will have that meeting. That's definitely something that they stress, you know, um, representing the NFL well as, as well as the, 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 the team um, the team name on the front and also representing your family name on the back, you know. Um, you know, you go in those meetings and you always have that story about that one guy that was a great pe- player that, that continually got in trouble and ended up not being in the NFL no more. So they, they do definitely stress that to rookie guys as well as veteran guys that have been there and, and know how it's supposed to be ran. I like I like the way you say that, man. I might have to steal that one. You know that their name on the front and that family name on the back. I, I really do like that one. I'm I'm, I'm gonna use that one again. <laughs> Listen, we yes, got sir. two we got two minutes before we uh, we go to a break. Uh, and, and Trent, I want to get into a little bit of uh, some football right now. I mean, you yes, you wide receiver, you, you you're down there in Carolina, and and you know that we all know that that of course the first pick of the draft was Cam, and yes, and we just gonna call it. You know, Cam. You know when you can. When you got to the point where they just call you by your first name, you know, you you, you halfway there. So, <laughs> yes, so tell me a little bit about your experience. And we, as I said, we got two minutes. Give me a little bit about, you know, first impressions with Cam. You know, does he pass the eye test? I mean, is he bigger than he looks yeah, on yeah, TV? He, he definitely passed the eye test, man. I uh, took a picture with him, um, you know, um, after we did Smitty's camp, Steve Smith's camp. And uh, this guy's half my size, man. Like, I'm I'm five nine. I'm you know I'm I'm a smaller guy. Cam is just like towering over me, man. But you know he pa- he definitely passed the eye test, and, and I got that chance to sit and sit and speak. You know what I mean, sit and talk to him. And he's a great guy, man. You know he's he's driven and, and he wants to win. 
you know, um, he's a competitor. We all know that, and he's a great athlete as well. So um, we, we've been doing some things together, um, throwing he and I as well as some of the other receivers and, and the quarterbacks getting together. So, I mean, I think Cam's going to do do well, man. Well, let me just say this. Uh, I know you come out of the great Louisville uh, University, and there, there's two – I understand there's two great people to come from that area. That's Muhammad Ali and Frank Minifield, who was a teammate of mine uh, with the Cleveland Browns. But, but one thing uh, that many could do is many could share shut him down on that corner. And and one thing that a quarterback had to have the ability to do is throw that money ball. And that money ball in the National Football League is that, you know, you know, 15 to 18 yard comeback. Let me ask you, can Cam throw that money ball? Because I know you're running that route. <laughs> so can he throw that? Because yeah. if you don't I mean, throw that, that money that, ball, that money ball is money to the house the other way. So so yes, I, I hear from you straight from the horse's mouth. He can make it happen. This kid has a cannon, man. Wow. Definitely. Wow. Well, I tell you what, guys, we got to take a break. We got a little music in the background. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. We got Trent Guy, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, who's going to come back with us. And, of course, my good friend, Mike Abadir, will be right back. Mike represents some players with some big money nowadays, man. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Pfizer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And, you know, I, I got to give props where I have never given props before. There's a couple things I do that I like to think that are somewhat original on the show. But then there are other things where I'm, hey, I'm the kind of cat. Listen, give props where props 
you know, is deserved. And at the end of my show, every show that I end, I always say, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. And that is from a, 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 a broadcaster when I was a kid that he, I knew if he ever mentioned my name that I would make it. That's Jaime Williams. But also on this show, I also say that, you know, I'm living in Phoenix like it matters. And, and that's my wife's. She works for the city of Phoenix. And uh, she came up with that. That's actually the slogan of their uh, sustainability program. So I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me right now is my good friend Mike Abadir wants to share uh, the host, you know, co-hosting with me. So, Mike, you said you had a question for me. So, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Go ahead, hit me with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the, the aspects of the new CBA that I like the most is that it addressed former players, the pioneers who paved the path for guys like Trent to be able to make that 375 and not the 40k that you were alluding to earlier. And so, one of the things about the CBA that I like is that there's some focus on the retired players. And I was just going to ask you, had you had a chance to familiarize yourself with exactly what that means, you know, um, as it pertains to you specifically or maybe to some of your former teammates? Does it only apply if you had health issues or are there some other benefits if you're, uh, you know, uh, standing straight and tall and, and without a lot of pains? What, does it benefit you, that type of thing? What, what do you know about the CBA as it pertains to the retired ball players? Well, one, one thing that I want to do is I want to go back again and, and just thank uh, guys like Trent, guy who's with us on the phone now, and, and all the current players for even considering that. Because I know when I went on strike in 1982, in 1982, it was the first time that we had gone back and tried to get something for players that had come before us. And then in 1987, we tried to go back and, and even get more. And so I appreciate them that in the spirit of reaching back, that they continued with that, with that process and, and the negotiations. And, and that D. Smith said that if you wanted him on board, uh, you have to know that because of his experience as a kid, of his dad taking him to games uh, to see the Washington Redskins play, that he had an affinity for those older players, if you will, and he wanted to make sure that under his watch that the, the CBA that he negotiated with uh, his the players, uh, that they too did the same thing. So I want to say, uh, yes, I'm, I'm not totally abreast to all the benefits that have been improved, uh, but benefits have been improved. Uh, Health care has been improved. Uh, it's my understanding health care has been improved. Uh, compensation has, has been improved. Uh, you know, uh, God bless my, my dear friend who's, who's gone on to heaven, uh, Dave Dorson, who uh, was a part of the oversight committee uh, as, as it uh, dealt with, uh, you know, disability compensation. Uh, I believe we've addressed some of those issues as well. So uh, we all as one locker room, uh, have benefited, and I'm certainly happy and appreciative of those who were there at the bargaining table uh, to make it all-inclusive. So uh, in that particular, I can't give you the particulars, but I can tell you we didn't get everything we wanted, but we got more than what we had, and for that I'm grateful. Is that okay, Mike? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to clarify really quickly here, I know that uh, there, there's more to come because yesterday – uh, they basically ratified the things that needed to be approved in order for them to get back on the field. That's right. 
but they're still going to be negotiating a few more things, and I think that there's a few more aspects about the benefits for the retired players that they still will be addressing in the upcoming weeks. I don't remember the exact deadline that they're going to finalize it. I want to say it's August 4th. So we've got uh, you know a week and a half, two weeks, and we'll find out exactly what it is. But I know that it was a point of us uh, members of the union, and uh, yes, the agents are a part of the players' union, that retired players are taken care of and that we address that. So for that, I'm very happy. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you both for uh, for that participation. Uh, let me let me get to Trent and ask Trent a question. Hey, Trent, you know, this is the off season, And, and I believe uh, and I'm going to let you say this yourself, your status last year with the Carolina Panthers, uh, active, inactive the entire season. I was inactive um, the entire season last year. And and so going into this offseason, knowing that, man, you just wanted to get back on the field so that you could have a chance to uh, improve your status and, and make that active roster, uh, let me ask you, uh, was it to your advantage or to your disadvantage that there were no OTAs and you know the team wasn't working out together uh, like you normally would have been uh, in this upcoming, I mean, this offseason uh, because of the work stops, you didn't get a chance to have that cohesiveness. Uh, do you think that that helped you or did that hurt you? Because for the simple fact, what I'm thinking, it might help you because even though it was an inactive squad member, uh, you have more familiarity with the playbook than a rookie coming in straight out of college or from another team. But I want to know your perspective. Do you think it was to your advantage or to your disadvantage going into this year's camp uh, that there was you know, no off-season workouts as a team uh, this past year? Well, I think right now it was a disadvantage for us all because um, for us here at, at Carolina, we have a whole new coaching staff, you know. Um, so our whole system has changed, and all the guys coming in, not only the veteran guys, but as well as, I mean, not only rookie guys, but as well as the veteran guys have to learn a whole new system in a new playbook. So, I mean, it, it was a disadvantage for us all not to, to have the OTAs and everything, but we did do some things to get together and, you know, um, try to, you know, try to learn a playbook as much as we could as, um, before we got with the coaching staff. So, you know, um, like I said, I got it now, and I'm, I'm working real hard right now to, you know, get the plays down and, and be ready for training camp. Now, now, Trent, you know, you you playing a a big man's game and a small man's body. Tell me the advantages that you feel that you have as you step on the field. You know, everybody's looking at the big Andre Johnsons down there at, at, at the Texans. Uh, they're looking at Larry Fitzgerald out here with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, obviously Terrell Owens, you know, when, when he was, you know, at the top of the list, you know, big, strong wide receiver. Tell me the advantages that you have as a 5'9 wide receiver in the National Football League. I mean, I've I've heard it a lot, man. It's not how big you are; it's how big you play and how big your heart is, man. Uh, I've watched guys like Steve Smith and Deion Branch my whole life, and I'm good friends with both those guys. Um, you know, I, I just I go out on the field and play with a lot of heart, man. And I try to like emulate and imitate those guys as much as possible because those are big name receivers in these league in this league, and they are they're a lot smaller guys than than the guys you just named, and they both have done a phenomenal job in the NFL. So guys like that, just you know. Um, give me motivation, man. Guys like Deshaun Jackson, you know, a lot of smaller guys. So I, I get my motivation from those guys and watching those guys play. And I go out on the field and play every play like it's my last. 
Now, you mentioned two names that, that are two of my favorite players, uh, D-Jack and Steve Smith, and, and they tend to play. You know, there's this thing that they always call it, Napoleon complex. You know, it's a smaller man who seems to be, you know, mean as hell. And, and that's how they approach the game. Do you approach the game with a mean streak? I definitely approach the game with a mean streak. I play like it's, you know, I've always been that, that oh, the guy that they said wouldn't make it because he's too small. So I have to have that chip on my shoulder in order to be as great as I want to be. So Trent, let me ask you something. With the mean streak. As a wide receiver, uh, when you catch the ball, what, what, what would you tell young men that's out there? You know, when you catch a ball and, and you catch a five-yard pass and you on the 15, your own 15-yard line, do, do you think or, or do you approach it that I'm still, I can still take this five-yard pass to the house or are you just trying to get what you can get? Oh, I'm definitely trying to go to to the end zone, man. It's, you don't get your name in the paper by getting the ball to the one. You get your name in the paper by scoring that touchdown. So, I mean, if it's from our 15 going in or from their 15 going in, I'm definitely trying to get to the end zone every time. Now, uh, okay, as a wide receiver, I'm assuming in this big man's game, you got to play with a lot of heart, a lot of confidence. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your quarterback. You know, you, you see Cam coming in. Does Cam uh, have a sense of confidence? Is it borderline arrogance? Is it just where everybody likes it? Because you got somebody else I'm going to ask a couple questions about over there, Steve Smith, in a minute. But, but talk to me about Cam. Does, does he have that confidence that you would like to see in your quarterback when he steps out on the field with pro ball players? As of now, yeah, what I've seen, man, he has a lot of uh, confidence and a lot of swagger. I wouldn't say that that is, you know, cocky or anything, but, you know, we, we, we're getting into training camp, so we'll see how he really will be, um, you know, once we get the pads on and get into practice. But from what I've seen so far, like I said, he's a great guy. He has a lot of confidence. And he, he's supposed to have a lot of confidence, being with all the pressure he has on his shoulders. So, I mean, I, I think it's good for him to have confidence and, and, you know, just go out there and work hard. Now, uh, you know, with this – this new CBA coming out, you know, you, there's some moves that are being made, and moves are being made fast uh, because you don't have a whole lot of time. And so uh, what I'm looking at this thing, and, I, and Mike, I'm going to throw it over to you. Now, moves have to be made fast. Uh, is that, that going to be the benefit of some veteran players, or are there going to be some veteran casualties uh, because things have to move fast? I think it's going to go both ways. I think you're going to see some casualties, and you're hearing about them right now. Um, you know, as we speak, I've got ESPN on mute here, and I'm reading the, the ticker, and I'm, I'm seeing that different veterans are being told uh, of the release. Now, officially, um, according to the CBA, no players can get released until Thursday. So right now what the teams are doing is informing those guys out of respect you know, hey, we're going to be releasing you on Thursday. You should get with the representative to uh, start shopping your services elsewhere. And so we're seeing those decisions happen pretty quickly. But it could be advantageous as well. And like you alluded to, you know, a veteran who's played the game for a long period of time, who understands the business, you know, they'll be able to adapt, even if it's to a new team or new coaching staff. You know, they'll have an easier time with it than, say, a rookie who today is reporting for the very first time and has never seen the playbook, you know, that's, I mean, that's going to be a, a very, very tough transition from college ball to the National Football League. So very interesting to see which players really are able to make that transition, you know, but as it pertains to the veterans and the free agents and things of that nature, 
you know, I think you're going to see it go both ways. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that, uh, you know, because of the new collective bargaining agreement and, and the floor uh, that goes along with the cap, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to get creative in terms of who you keep and who you let go. Uh, as you know, some people might have felt that this, like the previous strikes, there were casualties as a result of what we believe many times is that owners felt like, okay, you know, some of you are going to be, you know, as a matter of fact, gone because of your participation and your role in that strike. You know, some people were let go. But but now because of the cap and there's a minimum, uh, maybe it's not advantageous to the owners to, to get rid of a veteran and try to keep a rookie uh, because you got to spend the money anyway. And so uh, there may be some veterans in this particular case who may hold on to a job that they may not have held before in, in, in some previous strikes. So uh, you mentioned some of those names out there. Uh, I mean, you mentioned some of the tickers. Any name out there that kind of jumped off the screen when you saw it go by there, Mike? Well, no um, real surprises today, is there? You know, maybe maybe because it all came from one team. You know, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who are always a defensive force in the NFL. And I've always lacked uh, somewhat in the offensive side of their game. Well, they got rid of their three best offensive players, uh, Willis McGahee and, and Todd Heap. And I missed the third name that went across the ticker. So I'm not sure exactly who the third one was, but I know that they're all on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the interesting thing about it is this. These don't necessarily mean uh, permanent losses for for the, the club that's releasing them. Exactly. What I'm what I mean is, right now you're finding teams scrambling to get under the cap. Right. And being able to create some room for the free agents that they want to sign. Now that said, you may see them re-sign somebody like a Todd Heap. Right. Maybe next week. So. I don't know what the conversation was between the Ravens and the ball player and his representative, but they may have told him, look, you're being released today and we're re-signing you on Monday. Mm. I've been a part of those conversations before, and, you know, um, those sometimes can, can strain a relationship too, though, because it's kind of like, well, why, why'd you pick me of all people? If you really want to keep me, you'd protect me and not expose me to the rest of the league. So it'll be interesting to see what relationships are able to survive some of this week's tactics. Yeah, and that's exactly what they are. That's exactly what they are. They're tactics. They're, they're strategies. And, and the owners, from the day one, uh, when the, the lockout was, was put into place, uh, there was another component of that football organization, of that management team that knew that they had to strategize for, for this day. So just as people have been hard at work with coming uh, to an agreement on a collective bargain agreement, the, the people in the football operations department over here, the scouting department and all those and, and contract negotiations, uh, they were real savvy in what they were doing. And uh, I, I guess it's all come uh, out to play uh, right now. So we're going to see what happens now. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to take a break now, but it could be that I perhaps maybe have gone over. But uh, I had Chris Slade on the phone. Chris, Chris, if you are uh, still out there, 
uh, Chris, uh, please call me back because, of course, we want to talk to our good friend, uh, Chris Slade. Uh, Chris, of course, spent many years up there with the New England Patriots, and, uh, you know, and uh, we definitely want to have an opportunity to talk with him as he is one of those people, like myself, a former player, and uh, want to get their perspective. Okay, what I want to do, though, is um, before I go to a break, I, I just want to be sure to ask, uh, Trent, in terms of um, you know his goals for this upcoming season, uh, Trent, as you approach uh, this upcoming season, give us some idea of uh, what goals you have for yourself personally. For myself personally, is you know to go to training camp and work my tail off to make the fifty-three man roster and be able to play um, for the team I love in Carolina and get the suit up during a during the actual uh, season game and, and you know I just the preseason so you know and uh, I also want our team to do a lot better than we did last year we had a down year you know and uh, we're going to fight back to be a lot better team this year I'm sure and and with our new coaching staff and you know just you know just get some wins you know well you you said something that that struck me is it because you said the team that I love and 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 there's some common denominator here between you and I there's a few years that separate us but there's one thing in common is that is that you now are on a roster of a team of which you you were born and raised in that area. You you get a chance to play for your hometown team. I got a chance being born and raised in Canton, Ohio, uh, going to Ohio State, going back and playing for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, for those out there who may one day dream, you know, to have opportunity to do what they want to do in life uh, from a person whose dream has come true. Give me some idea what that was like to find yourself on that roster last year and to still remain on that roster. Uh, what was what, what does that feel like? I mean, like I said before, I'm definitely living the dream, man. It's, it's you know, you grow up as a kid and some teams, some areas don't have a football team, but uh, I did have a football team in my area and I grew up watching this team, watching guys like uh, Steve Smith and Musa Muhammad play and, you know, always wanted to be one of those guys that suit up in the Carolina Panther uniform. And like I said, right now I'm living that dream. I, I just got to keep working hard to, to get to where I want to be and I will continue to do that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing that I, I think they could be sure of the fact is that you're going to give your all, you know, because many times that people, I don't think people really understand how difficult it is. I mean, you hear the number sometimes is it's one out of whatever millions and millions and millions of people that uh, it could happen for. But I'm not sure people are, are really aware of the commitment that you have to make in order to make an NFL roster. And I don't care. When I say make NFL roster, I, I mean, that's just get into a training camp, you know, because I always tell people, listen, if I meet a person that can tell me that they were in training camp for one day, that's okay. They got there because there's a whole lot of people that never get a chance to get an NFL helmet, jersey, socks, shoes, pants, jock, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever. You know, you just don't get a chance to do that. And and that's just a special moment. Okay, so I, I got one other uh, Cam Newton question. I, and I, I have to ask this because, you know, when you draft a quarterback, the first pick of the draft, uh, and, and this is a lot of people have this opinion that, and I used to have this opinion, and sometimes I still do. I'm not sure that a first-round draft pick is supposed to be a project. I, I think that a first-round draft pick should be somebody that can come in and contribute uh, right away. Now, I'm not asking you to give me that answer from your perspective, but I want to ask you this, Trent, in terms of uh, your needs at that quarterback position. Uh, I know you need somebody to step up and, and, and do that, but do you think that Cam 
is feeling that pressure that, man, they, you don't have time to be a project here. You got to come in and step up and play for us now. Is he feeling that kind of pressure or is there, you know, the kind of environment whereas, Cam, you take your time and we're going to help you along because when it happens, it's going to be a beautiful thing. But if we rush him or if he puts too much pressure on himself, it's not going to be good for the team. So what? which one is it there in your environment? Oh, well, right now I'm not sure what the coach's mindset is about him. I'm not saying that they've given up on Clawson, and I'm not saying that they don't want Cam to uh, start. But I'm sure these guys are going to get in, in the training camp and get after it, man. Um, both of these guys are dedicated, uh, regardless of what people think about Jimmy Clawson. He's a great quarterback, and, you know, they're both going to work hard, and I think they're going to get in, into camp and compete in, uh, in due time. Um, Coach Riviera will, um, you know, decide which quarterback he wants to go with. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to have the luxury of uh, sitting back and waiting, and 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 I'm sure Clawson wants to hold on to the job, uh, but I don't know if they're going to give Cam that luxury. Like some other people have had a chance to just come along to play up under the great Brett Favre, to, to play up under, and I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him great because I think if he wins a Super Bowl or if he gets back to a Super Bowl, Donovan McNabb. If you look at his numbers, you know he could be a great quarterback perceived in terms of his body of work as a great quarterback. And Kevin Cobb got a chance uh, to do that up under uh, Donovan McNabb's uh, watch for a couple years there. But I tell you what, however it, it turns out, Trent, I tell you what. Uh, I know they can count on you, and I'm hoping that I can count on you because I want you to come back on the show, be a friend of Voice America Sports, and and come back and share with us your experience of getting on that field, catching that first pass in a real game, and and sharing with all your people back there. So do I have that commitment from you? I got that commitment? Yes, sir, definitely. I appreciate you having me now. Oh, man, I appreciate this. I'm going to let you go, man, because I want you to go to work because I want some football. Oh, yes, definitely. It's back. (laughs) All right, you go ahead and do your thing, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Okay. Hey, Mike? Yes, sir. Oh, you're still there, man. So listen, let me ask you something. How, how difficult is your job going to be now? You told me you're still digging into this uh, CBA so that you've, uh, got, you understand all the nuances of this. Uh, are you going to be, people are concerned if we're going to see our best football. Are we going to see our best contract negotiations of all time right now? Boy, that's a tough question. I'm not sure that... Uh I've really got an answer for that right now because it goes both ways. You know, it's tough on the teams as well. Uh, you know, if, 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 we're, if we're talking about the best contract negotiations, then I don't think you'd be seeing as many one-year contracts. Mm. But I think you're going to see a lot of one-year contracts. So um, I'm not sure if that necessarily answers your question or not, but... I, w- I would speculate if you uh, observe the- these deals over the next couple of weeks here, I think you're going to find that there are a lot of one-year deals. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. The way the cap is structured under the new CBA, there are minimum amounts that the team has to spend on contracts. Mm-hmm. So that amount has gone up. Basically, what they've agreed to is an average of 47% of the revenues go towards player contracts for the life of the CBA. So on average, if you look at the 10-year period that it's been approved for, 
it's going to be about 47% of the total revenues go towards the players. Now, how much of that they have to spend is measured on a year-by-year basis. This year in 2011, the teams must spend 99% of that. So, in a sense, you may see some really strong one-year contracts. And so if you look at it from that perspective, my answer to your question would be yes. We're going to see some good contracts, good for the players, that is, you know, and also beneficial for the teams. You know, I think you're going to find that both sides are happy. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of a rush job, too. Right. You know, we, you know deals have to be, you know, put in place right away. Free agents that are out there, and that makes up about 25% of the players are in that position. They want to know who they're going to play for. Right. Hey, listen, we got to take a break, Mike. We're going to take this last break, and then we're going to be back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take this break, as I said, and we'll be right back. Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com Tune in every Monday after the busy sports weekend to Catch the Vision Sports Radio with host Thomas Lewis. We'll look at sports from every level, from what happened years ago to what happened last week to what's coming next. Thomas Lewis will take you to places you've never been before on a sports talk show and will bring an experience you've been waiting for. Our topics will focus on realities facing a player, labor disputes, academics, recruiting, and transition. Tune in to Catch the Vision Sports Radio, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You hear that music? You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. 
I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. This is the last, but of course, the most important segment of the show, and that is because my man Henry Clay is with me. And Henry, of course, is a fine reporter that's been covering sports in Philadelphia for a long time, and I appreciate the fact that uh, he shares some of his wisdom with me. Uh, Henry, I've got Mike Abadir on the line with me. Mike, who is an agent uh, representing a lot of players in the league, uh, he and I were just uh, talking, of course, uh, about the uh, the cap and the amount of money that's available, and, and, and I, of course, wanted to put him to test and find out, does that mean we're going to see some magical work by some agents are we going to see some of the best contract negotiations that we've seen in years and and you know there in philadelphia uh that you got a staff of folks there that probably have known the previous cbas and the, and the salary cap and worked it as well as anybody let me ask you as this new contract has been negotiated do you think they will be as creative and as good in working that salary cap to the advantage of the eagles to put the best team on the field in such a short period of time now who's the question that, that, for me i'm sorry yeah, yeah oh yeah that's for you henry that's for you that i want to know that great team of uh management team they got in philadelphia are they going to be the great contract negotiators they've been in the past and, of course, uh, being real creative with the amount of cap space they have and put a great competitive team on the, on the field again this year. Uh, well, first of all, they do have the, scap, uh, the uh, cap space uh, to do whatever they wish. Uh, one of them is, uh, the, of course, the deal with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, um, which I know you don't like and I'm not so sure I like it either, but... Uh, from all I've been mean, reading and hearing, it's going to happen. So Ke- um, Kevin Cobb is going to be an Arizona Cardinal. I'm sorry? So Cobb is going to be an Arizona Cardinal. Is that what you're hearing? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, of course, everybody was in lockdown mode over across the street today. And by the way, if you hear bats cracking, I am watching batting practice for the Philadelphia Phillies. That means there's uh, a whole lot of home runs being hit there. So go ahead. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> uh, so, well, I think that, yes, they are going to do that. And there's also a rumor floating around back here that, and everybody's denying it, but we know about rumors being denied that Brett Favre may come back here to join his old friend Andy Reid. Um, I think they will. They did sign some rookie free agents today. Obviously, terms were not disclosed, but um, I think they will do it. I don't think you're going to see in Philadelphia or a lot of cities, a lot of uh, free agent movement. I teams are going to go after one or two players and uh, take their marbles and go elsewhere. Because, as you know, Ray, uh, there's some good players that hit the uh, waiver wire on cut-down date just because they've been beat out by younger players. Yes. Um, the Eagles are have a good core group of young guys it's just they need a guy to come in, sit right cornerback uh, or, or linebacker position for a couple of years so some of these young guys are ready to go on an every Sunday uh, routine. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see the, the Eagles and even the Cardinals. I haven't seen a lot of things where they're going to do a lot of movement. 
Yeah, I think um, I think Henry, I agree with you. I think this may be a, a contract year in terms of CBA that might be a very friendly to some veteran ball players, just in terms of the NFL understands that they've got a great brand, and and it's a brand that is evaluated on a weekly basis uh, because the product is put on the field on a weekly basis, but it's scrutinized hourly. And if the product is not good that you put on that field after negotiating such a huge contract, uh, the fans are not going to be happy. And today's fans are different than any other fans before where their voice can be heard. So, so Mike, uh, let me ask you a question. Dealing with some veteran ball players uh, that you represent, I don't, and like Henry mentioned, younger ball players, but still veteran ball players. Are, are you stressing that to them that, hey, guys, you know, hey, th- this could have been a real bad situation for you, but it's actually a good situation, provided you do the things that Trent is doing and getting in that playbook and going into camp in shape. Were your guys ready to go mentally and physically, Mike? And how soon did you start telling them to get ready for that? You know, uh, that's absolutely a conversation that we've had. You know, that's something that I, I speak to, to my clients on a regular basis. You know, I'm good friends with all of them. And we have, uh, you know, <clears throat> very candid conversations fairly regularly. And uh, we have discussed that. And, you know, the, the moral of the story is be ready. Be ready to take advantage and be ready to go in there and make your mark and make it impossible for that team to cut you, make it impossible to be a casualty. You know, you have a leg up on many that are going to be uh, to your left and to your right in the locker room. And so go and make the best of it. And I think uh, the guys that uh, I represent, thankfully, all have great attitudes and are hungry and have that competitive spirit and are ready to go in there and ball out. But as hey, 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 I'm going to go back to Henry real fast. Henry, uh, let me ask you something. Why ruin a great friendship between Brett Favre and Andy Reid by bringing Brett onto that squad where he could very easily find himself in a game. but And knowing that our offensive line isn't the best offensive line in the league and you need to have some mobility back there, why would Andy want to bring Brett in knowing that if he puts him in a game, it's like putting a, uh, you know, a, a little uh, lamb in the lion's den. They're going to kill him. Well, first of all, uh, I agree that he might you know, get some, take some hits uh, if he were to get into game action. But I think what this, uh, what this uh, says is they're making a long-term commitment to Michael Vick, uh, who's picked up a couple of major advertising contracts because uh, people are forgiving what happened with him. And who do you want to, to train Michael Vick for the long-term haul except the best? And nobody can deny that Brett Favre has been maybe the best quarterback in the history of the National Football League, but very high up there. Bring him in here to, and teach Michael Vick how to become a long-term starting NFL quarterback. Yeah, and, and I'm going to agree with you about his body of work. But when I, when I think about Brett Favre, the next thing that I think about is not Michael Vick. You know, many times there are certain attributes, uh, you know, certain, uh, you know, phys- 
in terms of their physical fitness, uh, those intangible skills that they might have when you compare the two. Uh, I, I just don't see that with Mike and Brett. But one thing about it, if it's longevity, and, and Brett had uh, enjoyed his pro football career, uh, perhaps maybe he can help Michael uh, with that aspect of that game. But but I just don't I just don't see you know Brett Favre and 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 Mike Vick and in the same category you know in terms yeah. of how they how they accomplish their body of work I I think Mike has a different way about doing it he'll get the same results but I think he's going to do it in a different way I think first of all Michael Vick has been he's been here working out with the guys and he's gotten a lot of uh, television time and radio time. Michael Vick has really matured over the last 18 months to two years. And I think to bring in somebody with the leadership ability that Brett Favre could bring, if in fact happens, I mean, everybody's denying it. Favre hasn't denied it. His agent has. The Eagles have. But we all know when agents and uh, teams deny something, it happens the next day. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But anyway... If that were to come to fruition, I think it would be a great thing to have Michael Vick uh, learn from Brett Favre. And secondly, because we have this short training period, uh, to keep everybody healthy, everybody is going to have, get limited reps, and to have somebody of a, the, of a Brett Favre uh, character here to take those reps it's not a step down. It's a step from one to one a to have him out there uh, in training camp. And as you know, uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff. The Philadelphia Eagles have the toughest training camp in the National Football League. Yeah, right. Well, hey, listen, I've only got a minute till close. Hey, I just want to thank you for uh, joining me, Henry. I want you to make sure you call me back next week and uh, certainly give me an update on what's happening there in Philadelphia. And uh, tell those Phillies, man, just keep, man, I'm enjoying watching them out here in Arizona. Keep knocking that ball out the park. Bring home another World Series championship, and I'll be happy back there uh, for the guys back there as well as uh, the the Philly fans that are here in Arizona. Hey, Mike, uh, listen, man, tell somebody if they're interested, if they need a, a damn good agent, uh, where they can find you at. Give me a phone number, give me a website, and uh, and we'll take it from there. Well, easiest way nowadays is on the Internet. So if you, you Google go. Mike Abadir, A-B-A-D-I-R, NFL, you'll find uh, you know quite a bit of information come up online. Uh, our website, the company is called Sapros. Sports Management. SAPROS is just an acronym, S-A for Sport Agent Pros. So S-A-P-R-O-S, Sports Management. And uh, our, our website, uh, you know, is, is, is a nice, nicely done site. We have one of the best designers in the business and totally web. And uh, they've done a great job in putting that together. And uh, any fan w- would uh, go on there and find uh, highlights of, of the ball players and, and things of that information. But you, that's where you could contact me through our website. Well, listen, I appreciate that, man. Of course, um, we got to go. We hear that music. I want to thank Trent Guy, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, living out his dream, playing down there in the National Football League. Thanks, Trent. Good luck to you. Stay healthy. 5-9, bringing all 5-9 to the field. Hey, also want to thank my good friend Mike Abbott there. Mike, keep negotiating them contracts. And Henry Clay, man, thanks for all that you taught me. Couldn't did it without you. But I got to go. Always a pleasure. All righty. I'll see you next time, which thanks will be the best time.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.